If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My grief is real. It's not just about my motherland or my grandmotherland, right? It's about the anger I've always had about this pandemic, that this shit is real. And you've got anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers. You don't think it's a big deal that you're going to get other people sick, so you don't want a vaccine. But for you to get a fake vaccine card so you can go to a Mets game is cowardly. It makes me so angry. What's the worst that could happen? Look at India. The global citizen in me is so furious about this. How can you turn a blind eye? This shit is real. What's the worst that could happen? India is the worst that could happen happen. I thought the worst that could happen at the beginning of this was New York City, one of the world's most populated cities, trucks piled up with body bags. It'll never be that bad anywhere else in America. And it wasn't for a while. And then Michigan, then California, right? I just, if I see another party in the streets for spring break, that's what makes me so mad. How bad could it get? You're looking at how bad it can get right now. Welcome to Modern Minorities. This is the show about work and life told through the lens of what makes each of us different. I'm Sharon Lee Tony, a Chinese-American girl born and raised in New York City. And I'm Roman Segal, an Indian-American boy who came from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Through conversations with some really interesting people, we uncover the stories, perspectives, and often unspoken truths about how our guests uniquely experience the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, the color of your skin, or who you love. We're all minorities somehow, but we're no one's model minority. This is a show about all of you, for all of us. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Roman. I assume you have read the news over the past few weeks about India. Yep, I have. So look, today we want to talk a little about the situation uh, in India, not just the terrible situation itself. But what I think it needs to mean for people uh, around the world and in the past week, surprising, not surprising, I have been getting a lot of messages from my non-Indian friends and they're extremely well-meaning and actually nothing ill will towards the the nice sentiments that have been passed. But I I don't know what to do, honestly. Uh, so I figured we should just have a chat. And while we're not going to get into specifics, there are far smarter people talking about the situation over there. But as of this recording on Sunday, I think May 2nd, case count records continue to be blown out of the water. A lot of people uh, have contracted COVID. There's variants spreading, and a lot of people are dying. Uh, You should go look at the news and see some of the sobering truths that are out there. And we'll link to stories and places you can support in our show notes. But a quick disclaimer, Sharon, like you, I am not super Indian. I'm not super Indian either. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's true. And, and so I think most of my point of views today, I just have to say, because there are probably some Indian listeners out there, like I'm an American. My parents were born in India. I have a lot of family in India, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So I thought I'd bring in another perspective. So we wanted to bring to the show a close friend of mine, Paresh Jha, who is a fellow ABCD, I guess, who is slightly more Indian than me. Uh, welcome to Modern Minorities, Paresh. Hi, Paresh. <laughs> Thank you. Um Happy to be here. Under different circumstances, it would be nicer, I guess. But uh, also, a note on the ABCD, I was born in India, so <laughs> there, the A is not actually relevant to me. 
Well, actually, I need to know, what does ABCD even stand for? It stands for American Born Confused Daisy. And a Daisy is basically any brown person from the subcontinent. So you can be from Bangladesh, from Pakistan, from India, maybe even from Bhutan. (laughs) I don't know. How far it extends, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a unifying term. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's so weird. A lot of friends have been asking, like, is everything okay? And I'm like, well, my mom's family, she has some distant family in India, but most of my mom was born in Africa, raised in England. And my dad does have a lot of family there. And I actually took the opportunity to call my parents on Friday because I went to ask them about what is going on with our family over there. Because I'm, other than a couple of WhatsApp chats with some cousins, I don't talk to them that much. Mm-hmm. And there's effectively three different sets of family on my dad's side in different parts of the country and multi-generational households. And people have died. People have it. People have had it. And it continues. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's, I don't know, man. I mean, Paresh, I, I have to ask you as a fellow Desi, like, what's your situation over there? It's not, it's not good at all. I actually lost an uncle this past week to it. I'm sorry to hear, man. And yeah, thank you. But I mean, it's, it, it's again, it's, a, it's, it's my dad's eldest brother in India. So I, I didn't necessarily have a, a very close relationship with him, but it's still suddenly hitting very close to home. My family, yeah. at least on my dad's side, is from the state of Bihar in India, which is in the Northeast, kind of close to um, Nepal. And they've been hit very, very hard, the entire state. And my uncle, who was just around 80 years old, when you're that old, you're, I'm not going to say he was in perfect health, but there was nothing wrong with him. Sure. And this suddenly happened. And these are the stories that I'm hearing, not just in my family, but my wife's family and coworkers and friends that are there. It's a similar story everywhere. My wife, she actually lost a cousin who was very young, 39. And again, a lot of these people, they aren't dying from... There's a distinction. They're not dying from COVID exactly. They're dying from not being treated for COVID. There's a there's a lack of resources. There are people who cannot get oxygen. There are people who are dying between oxygen tanks running out and trying to get to the hospital or to find some place with more oxygen. So it's it's wild. There's a lot more. It's it's an it's an order of magnitude thing. I think that at the beginning of the pandemic in this country, New York was the epicenter and. We all saw the footage of the the refrigerated trucks holding the bodies, right? And I think that was scarring and scary for, I mean, Sharon, you were living out here back then. You were actually in the city. I was right in that region. Exactly. Yeah. And it was traumatizing. And I like to think in the Northeast, maybe that's why we still maintain a lot of caution up here. But I don't know if the rest of the country fully got it until they got it, right? Until Michigan, until California, until, but then you would have you'd see parties in Florida. And when someone says, what's the worst that can happen? I I feel like it's a moving target, but I think India has just kind of like double underlined, bold italic, what the worst that can happen is. No, it's it's visible. And you're talking about traumatizing images. If you just Google search or go on social media for India right now, the first image you're going to see is fire. You're, You're going to see fields of burning fire. And those are people burning. Because mm-hmm. a large tradition in at least in Hinduism and other cultures in India 
for funerals, it's a funeral pyre and they cremation, their, cremation. Yeah. yeah they, they cremate their dead. And literally the country is on fire because of that too. And well, it, they're running out of wood. Seriously. A hundred percent. That's true. They're running out of oxygen and they're running out of wood. And I can't believe that I'm actually saying that out loud right now, that this is happening. And in just very in recent history, India was actually doing quote unquote very well against COVID-19. And -hmm. it was baffling a lot of people that such a densely populated area was doing so great. And and now it's completely flipped. Yeah. Like literally about a month ago, I have a, I'm on this nonprofit board and one of my colleagues is a guy in India, a very prominent executive for a tech company. And we become friends and we talk off the cuff once a month just to catch up on things. And we do compare notes on Trump or Modi. We talk about podcasts, but we were even talking about like pandemic response. And there was so much pride in, yeah, man, we're getting back to normal. Like I was on a flight and it was full and it's hard to get restaurant reservations. And my maid who doesn't even speak English with a couple of taps on her phone was able to get her vaccine appointment. And and I haven't spoken. I actually wanted him on, on this episode. Uh, obviously, they're underwater and on fire and whatever other metaphor you want to put out over there. But it's just here's my thing. And I mean, we can talk about India and the politics of Modi if you want. TLDR, guys, Modi is like Trump if Trump was smart. I'm not even kidding. And I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail from a lot of Indian parents and aunties and uncles because he's a very polarizing figure between generations of Indians right now. But here's my frustration, guys. It's as an American, <laughs> it's like, when are we going to take the stupid thing seriously, Sharon? Like when we started this pod, we, we came up with the idea for this podcast pre-pandemic. We had a lot of meetings. We had a lot of recordings. But I think the first, like, I think if you go to our origin episode, we're talking as the world is locking down. You remember? Right. Like, yep. Yep. and it was scary and we didn't know what it was. And now we've kind of semi-normalized it. Lots of us are getting vaccines, but we are not out of this shit yet. And just because you have a vaccine or just because your country has secured a bunch of vaccines, there's people who don't want it. There's people who want to have parties. There are like, there are still people that don't We're at the end of the second quarter, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there are still people that don't believe that it's true or that it's working. They still think it's all a hoax despite all of this, despite the images and despite the facts and despite the the data. And I find that part to be really mind-blowing. Incredibly I, mind-blowing. Yeah, I, no, I find it infuriating. Like, I just... I but, want things to go back to normal, but I've kind of... I feel like uh, we've lost our collective innocence as, well, a, as a world society. You know, I and I, I think I'm a little ignorant because I'm I'm like catching up with the news, I think, because I'm not clear on what turned the tide because f- for a while I was under the impression that India had reached herd immunity or that everything was okay. Yeah. And then what what actually triggered this huge influx of cases? Based on the news out there and and some readings I've done, I don't think this quote unquote spike that's happening right now was was necessarily avoidable. But the level of spread, the level of devastation was entirely avoidable. Sharon, you mentioned that you heard everything was was relatively fine. People were actually in, in India, the government was proclaiming victory. 
They were on TV and they were saying, everything's great. We've beat back COVID-19. And as Roman said with his anecdote, with his friend, everybody was out and about. And I don't blame the people necessarily when the government, the people you trust, theoretically, (laughs) I mean, that might be a stretch, but when you're being told that everything is fine, you can go out. You can do whatever you want. There were political rallies with thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, India is in the middle of an election cycle and Mm -hmm. the incumbent government was holding massive rallies. Massive rallies. And Mm -hmm. again, the thing you have to know, like when you say a village in India, it's kind of like China, the Sharon, like, yeah, it's a million people. Like these are not like they make Trump's biggest rallies look like garden parties. And on top of that, massive religious festivals being celebrated and people not being discouraged from doing that. Right. right before recording, I was like, I was saying, I kind of got a lot of my rage out on another podcast, which I don't know if I'll air that rage, but, and I've had a relatively calm weekend, but you're like, oh, go look up this thing. Can you tell us about that thing you told me to look up? Yeah. So there is a pretty massive and significant Hindu festival that happens called the Kumbh Mela. In India, it goes on for days. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people show up to the River Ganges and they come together. And that basically, you could go look this up. It's become what some scientists are calling the largest super spreader event in human history at this point. Because the numbers that came out of there, I think I saw something like 1,700 or or 2,000 people were... 70 lakh. And I I can never do the math on what a lakh is. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Either way, a lot of people tested positive from that. And that's what was reported. Everything 100% is underreported there just because of how how dense it is and how, how crazy it actually got. And that festival itself is causing a lot of what we're seeing right now in terms of how bad it got. And I, I don't think there's any denying it. Like That was a mistake. And people were encouraged to go. It wasn't until I think like, I think the Modi government kind of discouraged people two days before it was supposed to start. And at that point, the damage is done. People were on their way. People are making pilgrimages there. Like they're not. Well, because it's a religious event. You can't tell people at two days before, hey, can't celebrate Christmas. Sorry. Like, right. Yeah. (sighs) Right. And the thing it's interesting. So the Modi government has come out and they're taking ownership, which cool, I guess. I can't say the same about a lot of other governments in the world. And I'm going to pick on some other countries like Bolsonaro in Brazil isn't. (laughs) Brazil is another shit show waiting to happen. These things matter. Sure. Look, we've got vaccines. We're banning travel, but we live in a global interconnected population. You sure flights are being banned now, but someone, people have already come over and these variants even if we are completely good in America or in the West, if we don't get the shit under control around the world, more variants are going to be created and will slip through the cracks. And it's it'll start all over. Again. Game over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just and I, and for people in the U.S., I just I really hope everyone is getting vaccinated. And that's like another piece of rage. If you're not, or if you're trying to get a fake vaccine card, like <laughs> get me started on that later on in this episode. But like vaccines are great. They are like, oh my God, the pinnacle of science, right? But it's an insurance policy. If you have car insurance, you don't drive drunk because you have car insurance. If you have car insurance, you don't drive in a blizzard or in a hurricane unless you absolutely have to. And so it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, look, I 
I'm vaccinated. My wife will be vaccinated uh, next week. But we might do a couple of things, but we're not going to do a lot still. Well, like we're uh, still uh, debating if we're going to see our family this year for Christmas. And a key distinction with the with the vaccine that people forget is that it doesn't actually prevent you from getting COVID nineteen. It prevents you from dying from COVID nineteen, from being seriously ill from COVID nineteen. You can still test positive, and you can still give it to other people. Granted, at that point with the vaccine, there is it, it does help. It does reduce all of that stuff. But like Roman said, we're not out of the woods. And to see people out there, Roman, you mentioned something about fake vaccine cards. I haven't even heard of that phenomenon, so to speak. But that's ask just... me to get ask me to get on my rant, someone, because I got one. I'm asking <laughs> you right now. What is that about? <laughs> All right. So, Parash, I know you got vaccinated. Sharon, I know you're waiting in California. But when you get vaccinated, you get a nice little cardboard card. Perfectly nice. It's, it's similar to all other normal vaccines. You get a sheet of paper with a signature. And like a lot number of what vaccine you got and when you got it. This little index card that you get, dude, it's so easy to forge. I'm sorry. Scan it, Photoshop something, and boom, yeah. you're vaccinated. Yeah, and yeah. don't do that, please. And, and I'll talk about why beyond the obvious reasons. So they're popping up. They're popping up on eBay. They're popping up on Etsy. And the government and the authorities are saying, hey, don't do this. This is terrible. Because and I'm of multiple minds to try to wrap my head around this because in our society, in American society, colleges are saying you can't come back to school unless you're vaccinated. Right. Uh, you can't get your Krispy Kreme donut for free unless you're vaccinated. You can't go to a yeah. Yankees game unless you're vaccinated and proof of vaccination being this index card. There are people who don't want to get vaccinated. And I'll talk to that in a second. But so, but they want to go to the Yankees game. They want their kids to go to college, etc. So they're getting fake vaccine cards for this. Now, this is my my fundamental thing that just burns me. It's actually not that they don't want to get vaccinated. Like, I can't talk to that. I want to say it's a choice, but it's not. I do it. It's for the good of all humanity. But some people don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, fine. Own. This is where I get angry. Own that decision. If you don't want to get vaccinated, fine. Well, not fine. Like, But if, if you say that, own it. Don't fake it. Like own right. your decision. Own it that, and deal that means with, you don't get to go to the Yankees game. Right. Your deal kids with the don't get to go to school. Of not getting vaccinated. Yeah, I hear you. It's like if you if you don't have a driver's license, you shouldn't be able to drive yeah, a car. You're, you you legally cannot should not be driving a car. Yeah, yeah, and and some people say, well, maybe they're protesting something they don't believe in. But like, look, if you're protest, like getting a fake ID, let's talk about that. Like, okay, fine. You think eighteen year old should be able to drink, so you get a fake ID. I'm not going to condone that, but like, okay. You are harming people by doing that in theory. You're more yourself, right? Or if you're a drunk driver or whatever. But like to not get vaccinated and use your fake vaccination card to go to a Mets game, to send your kid to school, etc., you are going to harm other people. Like it's just such a wanton disregard and fuck you to everyone else. And it I just can't believe that's a thing. I mean, I guess I can believe it, but the fact that it's out there and people are doing that, I mean, it's more frustrating to hear, right? Infuriating to hear right now, considering the the two worlds that I'm currently living in and seeing right. and hearing from everybody in India who are begging for, for oxygen and dying in cars and dying, yeah. rushing funeral ceremonies and all of this stuff. And people here are getting fake vaccine cards. That's uh, It's actually more expensive to get the fake vaccine card than it is to get a fucking vaccine. The vaccine is free. That's true. It's free. That's true. <laughs> I just think, I mean, this is a very extreme way to think of it, but the three of us in this conversation are the people that wear masks, 
have not traveled, have made sacrifices to not see family for a very long time in order to not just keep ourselves safe, but to keep everybody around us safe, right? Yeah. And not even our family, but the neighbors, the right. the old lady exactly. working at Wendy's, et cetera. Like people, just people in our circle, anybody that we would have come into contact with. People that are choosing not to get vaccinated aren't necessarily thinking about people outside of themselves. They're thinking about themselves. Like a lot of the reasons I've heard of why people don't want to get vaccinated is because they're afraid there's something in the vaccine that's going to be harmful to their own body. Or there are all these other conspiracy theories that I'm sure you guys have read too about yeah. whatever. I totally things. want the Bill Gates chip in my head. That'd be yeah, so like, awesome. Right, exactly. We're all going to be robots. And so I think if you shift mindset into that from that place, getting a fake vaccine card is just about – is it's it's selfish. It's just completely, they're just thinking about what they need and what where they want to be. There are some companies that are also, I think, not allowing people to come back into the office, which means that eventually people are afraid of losing their jobs if they don't get vaccinated. But yet they, they still don't want to get, get the vaccine, so they'll get the fake card in order to keep going. Yeah. Well, well to, th- to those who say that they are afraid of getting the vaccine for whatever reason, I mean, I, I, we don't have to get into all of those reasons why, but I can say this. What are you more afraid of? A potential side effect or something from a vaccine entering your body or dying from COVID-19? And to those people, they're not thinking straight because they might see that COVID-19 is real. And they might even be- obviously believe that it's real, but it hasn't hit them. And I encourage all of them those types of people to look at what's happening in India right now. That's what yeah. could happen. It's the absolute worst possible outcome. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought I'd have more to say. I really did. And so I don't. Well, I, I'd like to bring up something that I've kind of please. come across. I'm curious to know your opinion on this. So I'm. War, yes, follow- Warrior is one of the best shows on television right now, Sharon. It is. <laughs> I'm not who's talking home- about that. Every every conversation we've had in the last like four weeks has been about Warrior Paresh, and I haven't seen it. And it's just every every and every you're moment. Chinese. I know every moment he finds to bring it up, he will bring it up. Um, it's a good. It is a good show, but I, I won't harp even more than Raman already has. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So I follow a lot of yoga teachers because I practice yoga. I'm really into that. And I've noticed a couple of things within the yoga community. One is I've noticed people really speaking out against yoga practitioners and yoga influencers who are white, (laughs) who are not talking about this issue. So I've Mm -hmm. seen that happening. I've also seen yoga influencers and practitioners who are white that are posting about this, but it feels to me anyway, it feels very much like that black square for Black Lives Matter, right? It's like, I'm going to do some virtue signaling. I will mention this, but there's no true call to action with what people can be doing and and, and how to help. And I'm just curious to know if you guys have seen that yourself and how yeah. you've responded to that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen both ends of the spectrum, actually, you've, uh, what you mentioned, the virtue signaling. To me, it doesn't matter why you do it. If you do it and you actually provide a call to action and, and you're helping, I don't care if you're doing it to make yourself feel good. That's fine. That In that situation, the ends justify the means. But yeah, I mean, the, the concept there is if you're going to claim to be a fan of the culture, so to speak, and in this situation, it's yoga or it might be chai or something else, whatever's out there. Put your money where your mouth is and, and do something to help. Otherwise, talk is cheap. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easier. Slacktivism. I, I love that term, be it the Lance Armstrong bracelet or the, the black square to show your commitment to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know, recording a podcast episode with some friends. Like, <laughs> I, I got it out of the way at the front. I don't think we have the conclusions. This podcast is therapy for me, Sharon. Like, mm-hmm. similar to like what we talked about with Ryan after the Atlanta thing, we don't have. I don't want to say I have solutions. There are smarter people who do this. We will put those links in the show notes. There are places right. you can go spend your money. My right. call to action, yes. believe it or not, has little to nothing to do with India. It really doesn't. It Because we don't have a lot of Indian listeners in India. We have listeners in America. And sure, you can give money. Go, sure, fine. But like, let's pay attention to what's going on here. Because what's the worst that can happen, as Paresh said, is that. Like, we are not out of the woods on this shit. There's a really amazing tweet rant by Dr. Tom Frieden. Yeah. Not not Tom Friedman, but Dr. Tom Frieden. It's like a 20 tweets that talk about this kind of, we are kind of midway through this thing. And if anything should prove that we are not out of the woods, the light is, while we can kind of see a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel, there is so much shit that we have to do still. There is so much hard work. And that hard work, it's hard work and it's not. That's what I hate to say. Like, we just have to stay on our couch a little longer. We have to be make responsible choices for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. And that is going to mean some collective sacrifice. And people need to understand that. That if, if Selfishly, as an American, if I can take one thing away from India is like, we have to do more here. And sure, we have to do more there. We should pressure our government. I could get on a Fareed Zakaria political rant about how we need to open up IP laws to get these vaccines at as many places manufactured, blah, blah, blah. But like, we have stuff to solve here. And I'm not going to go to the Weezer Hella Mega Tour. And I think they kicked it back another year. So like, there's things I'm not going to do. I am also Uh, not going to go to that Weezer Tour. Yeah, different reasons, different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I just there is to, to your point, Roman. I mean, there there are things you can do here. There are things people can do here, and you take India as an example. But if the problem does not get solved in India or in Brazil or other places around the world, it's going to come back here. It, it, there's those problems a hundred percent need to be addressed, and there's the way we can address it. And I think Roman, you're you're leading to that beyond just donating money, which I definitely encourage you to do and do your bit and help as much as you can. But take the lesson from what we're seeing there. Things started back too soon in India. It really did. They jumped the gun and now things have gotten way worse than it should be. And I haven't even gotten into the different layers of what happens afterwards with just an example of what I'm seeing with my uncle who just passed away, right? There are a number of religious, I guess, rituals that need to take place in a normal situation after somebody dies. In our family, that kind of stuff can go on for nine days, a month. A bunch of different things have to happen. And all of that with all of that people are trying to do while battling COVID at the same time. There's a ritual that we do where after somebody passes away, you're supposed to feed the entire village. Now, we're not doing that because that's unsafe, obviously, at this point. But there might be people who still try to do that. There are people who are out there 
that don't have the privileges that we do at this point. It's too late in some, in some situations, right? So take this example here. And all, people like us, I feel like we're very privileged. Roman said, we just have to sit on the couch. We just have to stay back for a bit. Getting vaccinated doesn't mean you can go out there and do whatever the hell you want. I want to go to a Knicks game. And I know people are going to Knicks games. I don't think it's a good idea. So take some time and understand that it can get so much worse. And while things are so fine fast, here, so fast, so, so fast. quickly, so quickly. I, I mean, I, I saw people playing holy in March, throwing colors around and, and doing all of that stuff. Like, like nothing ever happened. Well, it's like, yeah. I feel like the government response and every state's been different and it's tricky. It's such a, the government's state, local, federal, country by country, everyone's working on a release valve of pressure, of demand for people to go out to do stuff. But we as people control that demand. Now, I sadly, I don't have faith in society because demand is high. Well, like, can't we quell our demand a little bit? <laughs> Center ourselves, stay home and do yoga, watch Warrior, read some comics. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I've, and again, I'm a privilege. I mean, there are people who can't. And I would rather retrench a little bit. So for those who can't, like we like I we went to the park today. We went to the park. We wore our masks. We took them off when we weren't too close to people, but we went for a nice bike ride. There's there's things you can do. There's ways you can adapt. We do see friends. For Mother's Day, we're going to have a backyard pizza picnic with another couple that is vaccinated. Yeah. Like there's things you can do. It's just don't go have the Giants flag football game yeah. right in your neighborhood. I think it I is know, tricky. Man. It's tricky though when the authorities and the government are are giving you directive or are reassuring you that things are okay. Like here in California, the latest thing is that if you have been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask outside. So I've actually walked by many people in the last week that are just walking around without masks again. And I'm like, oh, I don't like and, this. And like it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. Like it just, it feels like it's too soon to be doing that. And I don't have any facts to back that up besides mm -hmm. looking at the rest of the world. But when you hear on the news and when you hear that your state governments are telling you it's perfectly okay, then most people listen. God damn. What is the big deal with wearing a mask? Really? <laughs> like, what is the big deal? I am so, I am so disappointed in myself for uh, not wearing a mask in previous years in the subway. Now that I think about it, like man, <laughs> right. I should have been right. wearing a mask I mean, all this and, time. In allergy season, oh my god, yeah. no, yeah. Like, but but it's okay. It's like I can go either way on that. Like it's fine. Like I I can take that guidance. I can't take the guidance from Tucker Carlson saying report parents who have kids wearing masks outside. It's don't do stupid shit. Like go to a giant crowd outside. Don't go to a spring break party. <laughs> don't go to a Weezer concert. Like. Make responsible decisions, I guess is what I would say. Avoid crowds. <laughs> this isn't that hard. Yeah, I agree. I don't have yeah. much else to say here, guys, other than some parting words. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, again, well, all I would say is that India is literally in shambles right now. They're struggling with getting resources. Anything anyone can do to help would be amazing, just anecdotally as Roman said earlier too, literally almost everybody that I know there has been affected by this in some way. 
And that's a lot of people. And it's not slowing down. Right now, it's in the thick of it. And I think it's going to keep going for a while. And they need our help. And anything anyone can do is uh, greatly appreciated. That's all I would say. Yeah. So in closing, if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, make your appointment, get it done, wear a mask, maintain distance. Make get a real smart- card. It's it, it's free. Get a yeah, real card. card. <laughs> and think of all the free donuts you'll get. Just make smart decisions. Think about other people. Think about what's going on on the other side of the world, which could happen here again. Let's just all be thankful for what we have over here. And please, please, please stay safe. Thanks. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Please subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Now more than ever, people need to be hearing these stories. Please share our show with a friend or three. Want to learn more or got something to share? Visit modmypod.com or email us, hi mom, at modmypod.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at modminpod. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. I've been Roman Segel. And I'm still Sharon Lee Tony. Remember, we're all modern minorities out there. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>